We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. We can be wrong about windows. I think back to the 2000 Mar- uh, Mariners who traded King Griffey, who lost Alex Rodriguez, who had traded Randy Johnson. And then in 2001, they went out and won 162 game, 116 games. So we can get these things wrong. Uh, but it does seem like the Cubs are at the end of something here that began all the way back in 14-15, uh, peaked with the championship in 16, has kind of slowly slid back from that. I don't think we expect a lot of these players to return. Rizzo's a tough call because, you know, he'll be 32 next year. Everything we know about player aging now indicates that that's not a market you really want to buy into. We would not expect him to be the superstar uh, hitter, the, the gold glove first baseman that he's been as he heads into his early to his mid thirties. Do I think that there's a possibility for a deal here? Absolutely. I do think Anthony makes a great point though. You know, he, if you're a player, you don't want to be dealing with this in season. If you can get a deal signed by Thursday, great. If not, I just want to play baseball for six months and we'll figure it out in November. Joe Sheehan with Dan and Layla today on The Score, talking about Anthony Rizzo and no contract extension done yet for him. Probably not going to be one before the opener on Thursday. Wouldn't that be something, though, if they surprise us with it between now and then? Hey, anything's possible. You didn't You didn't think that Nikola Vucevic was going to be a bull, did you? Before it happened? You never know. We love surprises. We uh, we love our guests as well as we go to our guest line. And uh, that is brought to you by Alpamonte Nissan. Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park. And that is on North Avenue or APNissan.com. We are joined by Evan Altman, who is the editor of CubsInsider.com. You can follow him on Twitter at DEvanAltman. And he joins us now. Evan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's, uh, you know, it's a weird little moratorium here between spring and the regular season, but it's uh, it's a great time to talk baseball. we got nothing well, going on, so it's, uh, it's awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Well, absolutely, because, we, you know, there's a – I think both teams in town are intriguing, maybe for different reasons, um, but the Cubs are certainly an intriguing case to me 
as we get ready for opening day, which is less than 48 hours away, just your your general feeling about that team in the context of the Central Division and its chances of making the postseason. Yeah, it's uh, you know I think we've seen. I I don't know another Cubs team, at least in recent memory, that's kind of gone through changes in perception uh, as much as this one that we've seen. And and setting some of the goodwill PR issues aside, you know, it it felt for a moment there, a little bit longer than a moment, as if they were looking to completely punt on the season. And and then it kind of looked like they were, you know, maybe – pulling a little trick play there. And, and I guess it's a little bit odd that I'm using football analogies, but um, we, we've seen a lot of these guys that they brought in, you know, Jed Hoyer has made these moves and they look like just kind of cheap reclamation projects, but, but those are the, the players who seem to be performing their best. And, and so you get this feeling that there's, there's some legitimate depth there that, that if they get the bounce backs from these guys, I mean, I think it's easy after last season to sort of discount how good the players are that they've got. But you look around that infield in particular, and then, uh, you know, what they've added in the outfield, they've got a really solid team. And the Central is so bad. Or, well, the Pirates are so bad. The rest of the Central is just kind of <laughs> mediocre. But yeah, right. you can you can pick up a few wins. You know, uh, again, I think the joke has gone around on Twitter. It said Nico Warner needed some more experience in the minors. Well, they could have just let him hit against the Pirates. Right there's your AAA competition. There's your bats right there against the minors. But um, you know the the Cubs have a puncher's chance at this. I, I think there's it's a possibility they could slide back, but um, it's not going to take much for things to break the right way and for them to be able to compete. I talked about this with James Fegan of the Athletic uh, about the White Sox and what the preseason projections were for them from you know. Pakoda and from fan graphs and I look at the same numbers for the Cubs and in the National League Central fan graphs and, and again projections are projections they're computer models it doesn't it doesn't mean that's how it's going to go they're just interesting numbers to look at and they have the Brewers winning the division with a with a an even 500 record the Cardinals coming in second with 79 wins and the Cubs and Reds each at 78. I think that's probably low for a lot of those teams, if not all of them. I don't think the division winner is going to be an even 500, but I would not be at all surprised if we get to the end of the season and one, two, and three are really close like that. I mean, we're talking about the separation of a game or two from each. Can you see it going that way? Yeah, I, I think it's really easy to see, actually. Um, the Reds, to me, that's a little bit surprising, just given that, uh, you know, they, they weren't really able to compete with the with the top teams in the division last year, and that's with the Cy Young winner. Um, I, I, I'm struggling to think, although, you know, again, they've, they've got a, a fairly solid lineup, but it does look like one of those where, and we see this a lot with the Central, uh, even when it's been uh, when it's been up or down. You know, if you look at when the Cubs really surged to the forefront in 2015, you had three teams. You know, they finished third in the division with 97 wins, um, which is like the opposite of what we'll expect now. But again, those teams are going to be fairly closely matched. They're going to beat each other up quite a bit, and and so I do think you you see those win totals come down a little bit, especially as they have to to swing out and play uh, the Dodgers and the Padres and teams like that, that, that really look loaded 
even the Mets should be better out in the East. So uh, I, I don't think the Central is on par with those divisions at the top end. So you will see a lot of this coming in around that 500. But but I'm with you. I, I do think a 500 record uh, for the winner is a little bit low. But this could be one of those where we saw, you know, whether we go back to maybe uh, 2018 where a couple of runs, literally one or two runs here or there in one divisional game could swing the balance a little bit between winning or coming in second or, or second and third or what have you. So uh, I think all of those teams are going to have to really squeeze the most out of the talent they've got. Evan Altman of CubsInsider.com is visiting with us on the score. And there are still some really talented players in the lineup. And I'm going to talk about a couple of them in a moment. But the the issue for a lot of people over the offseason was, Who's going to throw the ball other than Kyle Hendricks? Who, who's who's going to take the innings? They add Jake Arrieta. They've got Zach Davies. Alzale is going to make the rotation at least to start the season. And as you look at their rotation and how it does compare against the rest of the Central, are you as concerned about it? Maybe you weren't concerned about it going back a, a couple of months, but are, are where's your level of comfort with the Cubs rotation as it sits now? You know, I think um, there there was certainly, and I don't believe I was alone in this, kind of the, the knee-jerk reaction to the U Darvish trade, um, you know, naturally, because you get a guy who, again, finished finished second, had a, had a reasonable case for the Cy Young Award, um, and, and appeared to have been getting better. You know, we saw that throughout his career. Um, and he presented such a different look from anything else they had. And, and so that immediately was met with some resistance, but... You know, it's it's interesting. There's been a whole lot of backlash today. Uh, there's a lot of rankings about Kyle Hendricks. You know, not not being among the top 15 or 20 pitchers in the league, and and people are really fighting back against that. But at the same time, you know, Zach Davies is a guy who has toiled in even greater obscurity, uh, being in Milwaukee for the most part, and then uh, certainly being below a few other guys on San Diego's depth chart. He's a really similar pitcher to Hendricks, not just in the in the way he pitches, but in the results he's gotten. And so I think you look at those two, you split them up with Arietta, who certainly the last few years in in Philly have uh, have worn off a lot of the shine that he developed in Chicago the first time around. But he looks like he's got some more gas in the tank. The breaking ball looks really good. He splits that up. If they're able, I think the key to this is is they've said this all along. We we know it's going to happen with a lot of staffs where they've got to go a lot deeper than five guys. Um, they're going to have to rely on the bullpen pretty heavily and on swingmen, long relievers, maybe some piggyback starters. How does that come together? How can David Ross manage that staff? I'm not very concerned with the starters. I think those guys all know how to pitch really well. To me, it's going to be how does that depth come into play, particularly if the starters don't go deep into games or if you start needing to lean on a sixth or seventh starter uh, occasionally, and uh, and that could really test them. But I I'm pretty confident in the top four to five guys they've got. Um, and, and I guess part of that is just we get time to come review things and look at it again. You know, they're okay. But uh, it, it's if you are concerned with it, I understand that because these are a lot of guys who look really similar. And in a game that is very much predicated on velocity, uh, more and more every year, the Cubs are moving in the exact opposite direction. And and that feels a little concerning. So I, I do understand why people might not be uh, really up on uh, on the value of that rotation. How much concern do you have about how games are going to get closed out? 
That I think is the big one. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote about this a little bit today just with, with Kimbrell and I, I feel better about it than I did when I was out at spring training, uh, watching some of those games, he was sitting 93, 94. He touched 95 once gave up a homer and a ton of really loud contact. And that's, that's the bad Craig Kimbrell that people have seen uh, from his time in Chicago. But over the last few games, you know, they, David Ross even said it publicly, talked about some mechanical adjustments he needed to make, and he made those. And that's what we saw at the end of last year, where it's been really easy to look at, at when he's been bad. But over those last eight appearances in 2020, you're talking 13 strikeouts, no walks, three hits, no runs. He was touching 98 up in the zone, and the curve looked good. If that's the Craig Kimbrell that shows up consistently, I don't think there's a problem with it at all, particularly when you have guys like Brandon Workman and uh, and, and even Ryan Tapera, and you look at even a Jason Adam who could pick up some of those innings. They have a lot of guys with solid velocity, even Rex Brothers, uh, who, who kind of surprisingly made the team. A lot of guys with high velocity who can miss bats, and that's really what they've been looking for in that bullpen. So we're not talking about just one in Craig Kimbrell, and then you're done after that. You don't know where to go. I think they can mix and match if necessary. Um, so my, my concern level is not high right now, but if you ask me in a week or two, I might, I'll probably have a completely different answer. We'll see how things go. Evan Altman of CubsInsider.com is visiting with us on the score. And as we shift to what has been the the Cubs story now over the last 24 hours, Anthony Rizzo uh, unable to come to an agreement on a contract extension with the Cubs. And there has been a lot of reaction to that. And I would say for the most part of the people I have heard from or seen tweet about it, there is disappointment that the team isn't able to make that happen. What What is your assessment of the situation? Do you think maybe he's he's unfair in what he's looking for? Do we have an idea of exactly what he's looking for beyond the $70 million the Cubs reportedly offered? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, to sort of put that in perspective and, and it, it sounds the speculation has been that he's looking for something in the Paul Goldschmidt range, uh, which is five years and 130 million. Uh, we don't really know that. We know it's probably in the nine figure range. And, uh, you know, that makes sense. Uh, Goldschmidt signed it going into his age 31 season. That's got where Rizzo's at here. Fairly similar players, you know, strong defense, very strong offense. I think what's really kind of disappointing with it uh, to me is seeing the gap there. But when, when we look at a team, and, and of course, I've, I've got the Forbes numbers pulled up. You know, we can look at those and we can talk about losses. But when you look at the value of this franchise and when you see what the Cubs have been and, and how much Anthony Rizzo means to the team, and a lot of people like to talk about what he could command on the open market. But that's a wholly different situation from what he's in currently. When you're talking about a guy who's kind of been the de facto captain of the team, dating back to, to 2013, 2014 and the intrinsic value that he brings to the club. That to me is one of those things where you don't look at it purely as a baseball decision. It's very much a business decision in terms of a guy who brings all that uh, to the park, whose, whose fans are sporting his Jersey, that kind of a thing. And, and for a team that needs that kind of PR boost and could really use not just his talent on the field, but you know, his advocacy off of it and all the philanthropy that he's involved in, 
that that's kind of disappointing to me. I would have thought that he'd be the guy that they'd go to first, that they'd maybe even throw a little extra money at, knowing what he brings in that regard. So um, I think uh, I think he's absolutely right to be a little bit miffed uh, at the situation. And and in the end, I still kind of feel like something ends up getting done. There's too much value, I think, to both from both sides to the other. But boy, right now it, it just kind of leaves a sour taste as we're heading into the regular season. And and it's an interesting point about the valuations and and you mentioned Forbes and I think they have them a little bit under four million dollars for the organization. There was the um, the uh, data company Sportico a few days ago, or maybe it was last week. I'm not sure that uh, evaluated them at four point one four billion dollars. Either way, it's a it's a considerable amount of money. And it's something I, I didn't really think about it this way until you just said it, and that is one of the reasons the the organization is worth that much money is because of Anthony Rizzo. Not just him, but because of what he, as the face of the franchise, helped them accomplish a few years ago, and to the level they're at now, he is part of that in getting them to that level. Oh, he, he absolutely is, and I think, you know, there's... There's a little bit, and you know, I could I could spend hours and hours talking about this overall. But when when Tom Ricketts talked about the biblical losses that were suffered and, and cited 70% of the revenue coming from from game day traffic, a lot of those people are there specifically to see Anthony Rizzo. But I think what Mr. Ricketts would also tell you is that the real value in owning a professional sports team, particularly one like the Cubs, that that there's a lot going on around the ballpark is not actually the revenue that comes in on an annual basis. It's the value of the ball club. I don't think he would say that. I know he would say that. He has said that. And so when you see, when we hear about these losses on an annual basis, that kind of falls flat to me because you look at how much they've been able to gain from buying the club for $900 million to now it's worth at least you know three and a quarter billion or so. A very small percentage of that could now be paid to Anthony Rizzo to help maintain and grow that value. So even if I, even if he uh, fades and doesn't do as well into his 30s, the value that he brings is is pretty tremendous. And I, I think that's that's maybe something I don't know that's being lost a little bit here. And, and who knows? Perhaps we'll see them come to an agreement. But uh, but he is one of those players that I think is is pretty special that comes along only once every so often. And uh, and it would be a shame if he were to finish his career somewhere else. But again, we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe something changes. I think you mentioned it. Maybe we see an 11th hour deal. And, hey, they announced something tomorrow, and we're all shocked by it, and everybody feels great. What are your feelings on Nico Horner not making the team right out of spring training? David Bodie had a good spring, too, so it's kind of hard to fault that. But I I almost wonder if there was still space on the roster for him anyway. Yeah, you kind of wonder. I mean, there, there's certainly, and, and I think um, the the service time issue in general across baseball is, has been a hot topic, and certainly with the Cubs in particular, with Chris Bryant. Um Jeff Passan, when he when he kind of broke the news of it, certainly didn't help matters. I think by by saying uh, the 36 days and, and talking about it being service time related. While I don't want to discount that completely, I do think there are a ton of factors, and, and I'm a little bit biased in this because I, I think I wrote at least twice uh, this year, and, and I have in the past that he simply needs more time. He's only got 385 at bats or plate appearances in the minors total. Uh, and only 208 in the majors. So even combined, 
we're talking about several hundred fewer plate appearances than, again, than Bryant or Ian Happ, Albert Almora. So I'm just going through kind of the Cubs' first round picks prior to Horner, um, even Schwarber. And, uh, and so all of those guys, other than Bryant, had to be optioned back down at some point. Uh, Happ famously, you know, 2019, he spent most of the whole season down there. If the Cubs had really wanted to manipulate Horner's service time, they could have sent him down for a couple weeks last year instead of leaving him up and letting him earn a whole year for just those 60 games. So um, it, it, the hot start in spring certainly kind of colored people's opinions, and I totally understand that. But the thing the Cubs have wanted him to work on the whole time, and this is they've shared this publicly, is to work on his B-hack, his, his uh, auxiliary swing, if you will, the two-strike approach, Contact, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The reason he's been so successful in the spring is that he's been able to jump on those fastballs, you know, and, and I don't want to discount what he's done. It's been tremendous, but there are a lot of things. They don't want him to, to be up at the expense of his future production, because as you said, Bodie's been so good. There's going to be such a timeshare there that, you know, again, they feel, I feel he can develop better uh, in, in the minors as, as much as that's tough for people to hear. And, and ideally, uh, I think somebody said they don't want him to end up kind of like a Darwin Barney, you know, who, who's kind of just known for winning his gold glove and, and didn't quite develop offensively like they had hoped. So so we'll see. I, I, I understand the move, um, even though I understand why people don't like it. Evan, I appreciate your time, and I don't know how most Cubs fans feel, but I... I think it could be a surprising good year for them, um, you know, with all of this stuff and the deficiencies. And a lot of it is just because of the rest of the division. And it's you'd rather it be that they are just as good as the Dodgers or just as good as the Padres. But for a team that's in a bit of a transition, if they're good enough to win the division, that that's fine at this point. I, I can get down with that. And I think they, they might actually be able to do that. Yeah, I, I think I think there absolutely uh, there's a potential there. As I said, there's absolutely a potential there for them to surprise some people. And, and I think at, in the end, it might be a good thing to have those expectations lowered a little bit, and maybe that does fire them up a little. And uh, and if nothing else, uh, it's always better to be surprised by a team performing better than what you expected <laughs> the versus the other way around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh uh, yeah. See, always have low expectations because then you can't get disappointed. Evan, you know this. That's that's yeah. That's my motto. <laughs> my man, thank you very much, and uh, enjoy opening day less than forty-eight hours away. I will do what I can. Thanks for having me. Have a great rest of the show. That is Evan Altman of CubsInsider.com, and we are late for a break. And, yes, we are close to opening day. Baseball is happening. What you excited about? What you not excited about? I, I just have, I have a different feeling about this opening day. I feel good. It feels like, like actual spring is here. Things are happening for us in the United States, and baseball is happening. Here we go. I'm Chris Ranji on The Score. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Broadcasting live from the 670 The Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I'm Chris Ranji on The Score until 10 o'clock tonight. And then it's CBS Sports Radio? Is that what it is? Yes, and then Grober, of course. And then Les Grobstein starting at midnight? Yes. Midnight, yeah. We don't make Uh, him do seven-hour shows anymore. Dude, that was really something, man. Like, <laughs> there would be times I get done with post game at like ten thirty or eleven, and I'm I'm leaving, and here comes Les starting his show, and he's on to like five or six in the morning. Yeah. I used to think, damn, man, dude, I and, and- I did a couple of those in like my first year here, and I just I don't know how he did it. Does he ever complain about it? Not not to not that I'm aware of. I mean. Maybe like the person he would complain to would obviously be like Mitch, right? But it's I haven't ever no, heard of him complaining. No, the first people you complain to are the people working directly next to you. Well, that's true. So he's never complained to me. See, okay, then I, that's amazing because I totally would have complained about it. I'd have been like, this seven hours, this is BS. I would out of here. I mean, like, get the hell. Yeah, I'm not doing seven hours. Screw Come that. on, man. And then he does it like every night. I hey. I, I can never reiterate enough how much of a treasure Les Grobstein is. I think he's great, and we're lucky to have him. And I'm sure he's uh, excited about opening day, which is is going to be happening here soon. And I, I think both teams are intriguing. I Look, the Cubs may be on paper because of the way things went last year for them and the way... You know what? Forget about last year, everybody. Forget about it. Unless you're a White Sox fan, then totally celebrate going to the playoffs because that team was fun. But in a 60-game season, that is you don't want to you don't want to hear this. But that was the Cardinals' 1982. That was like their song when they won the World Series. You know what I was doing in 1982? 
nothing. You were not alive. Yeah, yet. I was. I was negative eight years old. Yeah, I just th- that was a real Les Grobstein of me thing just now. That I brought up something from way before you were born. I honestly uh, but, didn't know that though. That's a fun fact. Yeah, and you know, I was I was growing up in St. Louis at the time, and I was very little. And I didn't, I was so little that I didn't really understand World Series yet. I just knew that that song was on a lot around that time. Cool in the gang. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but, but this is, I think, what could end up being a really surprising year for the Cubs. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's underwhelming, but this division, it ain't no good. You, you heard Evan talking about it. You know, and he he's he and I are on the same page on this. This division is winnable. And look, the Cardinals last year, who are considered by many people to be the favorite, and they're certainly not the favorite when it comes to the projections that I've mentioned, both uh, baseball prospectus and fan graphs. Uh, those two outlets have not, at least their models have not, projected that the Cardinals are going to win the division. The The Brewers seem to be the darling there. But for a lot of people, because of the Arenado addition and because of the fact they've gone to the playoffs the last couple of years, the assumption is they're going to do it again. I don't think that's a foregone conclusion, folks. I don't think it is. I think they've got enough flaws that it opens the door for the Cubs and what they might be able to do here. I really do. And one of those flaws might be you, Cubs fans are worried about their starting rotation. Cardinals need to worry a little bit about theirs. Look, Kyle Hendricks is legit. He's a legit top of the rotation starter. Even if he appears underwhelming and he knows not the sexiest uh, and I don't mean that physically. I just mean like as a, he's not Clayton Kershaw sexy, you know, you know what I mean? He's not like, he's not like that. He's not like Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom, but he gets it done. He's tough to hit. So that can be done. He's that, that's a top of the rotation guy outside of Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. There are a lot of question marks in their rotation, too. So I don't care about Arenado and Goldschmidt being there. The The Cubs still have a pretty great first and third base tandem, too. So I, 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 don't, I don't think, on paper, the team a lot of people think are the favorites to win the division are that favorite. There's an opening there. This could be a very surprising year for the Cubs. Now, what happens after they win the division if they do win the division or a wild card? Eh, can't really tell you there because I don't think they're on par with the best teams in the National League. But they got enough that they could get through this division and win it. That could happen for sure. Let's talk to Brad in Gardner who joins us on the listener line. Hello, Brad. What's up, Ronji? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm I'm good. Um, so I got two things. Uh, Rizzo, I would not offer him more than two for thirty-two. Whoa. Okay. So then you're uh, definitely not signing him. 
chronic back problems, man. That's I, I don't want any part of it. He's going to be overpaid if he goes anywhere anywhere else. Um, if if I were the Cubs, I would try to re-sign Bryant and Baez, put Bryant at first, move Baez after Christian Hernandez is ready over to third. It's just a better long-term outlook for me. And uh, I think this Cubs team, I think they're the best in the division because the Cardinals, outside of Flaherty, outside of uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado, they don't have much pitching. They don't have much offense. Hey, that's what I said. Brad, I appreciate the phone call. Um, I think their bullpen, the Cardinals' bullpen is going to be okay. The, the, that I, I don't think they should worry too much about. But I need to address something that you said. If Anthony Rizzo has chronic back issues, how is that really manifested for him to this point in his career? Because the dude has played, and I'll just give you, I'll I'll go back, how about this? I'll go back six years, the last six seasons. This is how many games he's played in each year. 160, 155, 157, 153, 146, and then 58. And that was in a 60-game season. So if he has chronic back issues, which he might have, you know, a sore back, it sure as hell ain't keeping him off the field right now. It hasn't been. So I don't know if I can go along with you on that, my friend. He's on the field all the time. Yeah, he gets days off. And he played 140. If the worst that normally happens for him is 146 out of 162 games, I think you would take that in a minute. That's pretty good. That's really good. That's a guy who plays a lot. So back issues to this point, eh, I don't know, my man. I, I think I know what you're trying to say. And, and maybe you're projecting ahead what happens from here on out. And it's possible that he develops some serious back issues that keep him from playing a lot, but the evidence has not been there for the last six years. Actually, the evidence has really not been there in in pretty much his entire career in Chicago because he's playing a ton of games pretty much every year. Let's go to Mike in New York, who I assume is listening on the Odyssey app. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. First-time caller, appreciate it. Hey, thanks for being here. Anytime. So, yeah, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a Jets fan, so it's hard for me to um, call the the Bears incompetent, but I will. Quick question for you guys. Yeah. Jets, obviously, have the second pick. Looks like they're going to uh, draft a quarterback at two, unless, obviously, they uh, trade down. You think the Bears would have any type of interest in Sam Darnold? It's got to be an upgrade over Fultz. It's got to be an upgrade over Trubisky. It's got to be an upgrade over Dalton. I think it makes sense for a second-round pick. Um, Mike, uh, I don't think the Bears have any sort of interest in improving their quarterback position whatsoever. Mike is gone. 
Um, I say that jokingly because the evidence has not been there that they are interested in upgrading their quarterback position. Do you know how I know? Because they haven't yet. Like, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've never run a football team. Uh, Maybe someday I will. I haven't grown up yet. But I would think that if you were running a football team, your desire would be to upgrade the quarterback position. But that's just me. That's because I see the world differently than a lot of other people. And and here's the thing. I think that the Bears are absolutely interested in, quote, upgrading their quarterback position. You think so? However, however, they don't know how to do it properly. And that is the problem. See, you know, They, they, they want to do it. They're just not capable of doing it. And the evidence is in every single quarterback Ryan Pace has brought mm-hmm. to this organization. Mm-hmm. I want to learn Spanish, but I haven't made the effort to learn Spanish. So You know what? I should have led with what you said, because that seems more accurate, Adam. They want to have a better football team. They want to have a better quarterback. They just don't know how to do it. It's like the Seinfeld bit when he's talking about holding the reservation. Like, you know how to take the reservation. Take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. It's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. (laughs) Adam, for somebody who was not born until 1996. 1990, thank you. I'm really impressed that you know some Seinfeld stuff. Oh, please. First of all, that is one of the few television shows that my both my parents actually enjoyed growing up. So that's we watch that show okay. every week. So Family I grew bonding. up watching it. There you go. And so plus it was on at where I grew up. It was on at 630 after the six o'clock news every day, which, of course, my parents yep. always watched. So then Seinfeld was on right after. So I watched it every day. And Perfect. actually, little known fact, I and some friends won Seinfeld trivia at Joe's on Weeds a couple of years ago. It was pretty awesome. And that's the, I don't know if you've ever done Joe's on Weeds trivia, but it's really hard, and we managed I, to win. Is it hard because there's a lot of competition, because the building is big and there are a lot of people, or is it because they there, just have difficult trivia? It's a combination of there are a lot of people. There's like, I mean, how many teams? There are probably like 30 teams, maybe, or maybe, yeah, maybe something like that. There's a lot of teams because they have a big area. I mean, they hold concerts in their back room. So where that mm-hmm. is, they convert into a trivia area. And then... Yes, also just the trivia is just, from what I've been told and noticed, is harder than most other trivias in the city. Okay. And, I mean, we we had some, I mean, my my one friend is, like, obsessive about trivia stuff. Like, he'll watch nothing but that show for, like, two weeks ahead of us if we know we're going to do a trivia. Like, I just oh, kind of went in with my base knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and... I will say that I was a key. I didn't contribute a ton because especially because my one friend just like knew everything, but I contributed the the thing that won us the trivia. Which was it was, Lucas Giolito related? No. Okay. <laughs> it was. You know what that part is, right? You should know by now. Well, wait. Are uh, maybe no. Lucas Giolito's his connection to Seinfeld? Oh no, I don't know this. Oh really? No. His... How do I not? His okay, Lucas Giolito's grandfather played Mr. Ross 
who was George Costanza's father-in-law. No way. Yeah. How did I not know? Maybe I saw I that know. and just forgot. There's no way I didn't know that. That's crazy. I, I, I felt like everybody knew that by now. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just an idiot then. Well, the, the thing that I contributed <laughs> okay. was who the... who. So the final... This is real quick because we're at a break. But the final question go, was basically you had to list the three females who occur in the show most besides Elaine. And we knew Jerry's mom was an obvious one. And one that the, the Seinfeld nerds know is Rosie, the counter girl at the, at the dine at the, the coffee shop okay. is this is like the second most appeared one. Cause she's in like every time they're in the coffee shop, she's in is there. Estelle Costanza. The last one. N- oh, no, sorry. Estelle was the first one, not Jerry's mom, Estelle. And okay. then the coffee shop girl. And then we were debating between Susan and Jerry's mom. And I was the one who I just like had randomly watched like the series part of the series. I apparently needed to watch, which was, I was like, guys, Susan is in almost every episode for like three seasons. Jerry's mom is not. It's like, it's gotta be Susan. And it was, and that won us that we were the only ones that got all three, right. And we won. Well done. Good job, Adam. I'm proud of you, man. It's, it's that's, that's, you know top ten moment of my life. I've had a very, very thrilling hey, life, and you should be proud of that. Um, who should not be proud is uh, the actress who played Susan, because apparently everybody else on the show didn't like her, which is why they killed her <laughs> and off. That's why. <laughs> that's, that's why, and they killed her off in such a weird way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the best way. Oh, it is. It's just toxic so dumb. envelope glue. Yeah, it's, it's aw- so just dumb. awesome. We'll come back and we will have some final thoughts. Here on the uh, the final segment, I'm Chris Ranji on the score. Jerry, it's Frankenstein. Mr. Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back. George was not dead. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe you didn't know that about Lucas Giolito's grandpa. It's Mr. Ross. Frank's a uh, Frank. George's uh, father-in-law. Adam Stasinski is producing the show tonight. What do you think that Jets fan? Like, I can't stop thinking about the fact that a Jets fan from New York just called 10 minutes ago to the show. Clearly, he wasn't listening to anything we were doing. He's in New York. Who who knows what he's doing? Because his we've been talking baseball literally all night. Well, except for the one segment we covered, the Bulls. But he wanted to know if the Bears might be interested in Sam Darnold. And I... I'm trying to figure out what he was going to do with that information. I think that I mean, the Jets are just, or Jets fans are just desperate to get rid of Sam desperate. Darnold. So do you think... And just desperate in general. Do you think they called, or he was calling every sports station in different cities in the country just trying to gauge the interest? Who needs a quarterback? Let's call that... Let's call the let's call sports station in that city. And and we'll, we'll gauge the interest. Which and look, I will tell you this. Uh, what and was then he's going to what? Mike? Report back to the team? Yeah, he's, maybe he, maybe he's a guy in the Jets organization. Maybe they're paying him to call every city, and gauge the interest. But I'll tell you this, Mike. Sam Darnold for a second round pick. If the Bears get something else back, like a late round pick, I guess I'd be willing to do it because I don't. Sam Darnold is such a mystery. Because we don't know if he's actually bad or not. 
because he's just had nothing to work with in New York. Like, he's got his turnover problems for sure. But, I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks that turn the ball over a lot. Well, here's where I am on this. I I don't know if the Bears are in a position right now to be trading assets for quarterbacks they are not absolutely positive are better than what they've already got. And that's another thing. And, like... Yeah, I don't know for sure if Sam Darnold is better than Andy Dalton. Uh, I don't either. It's it's closer. He probably than it, is. It probably. But I'm not trading assets for probably. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, that's the other point is a second round pick that can be used on an offensive lineman or a wide receiver or a cornerback, all of which they need. Not as much as a quarterback, but need desperately, especially the offensive line part and the receiver part. Because we don't know what's going to happen with Allen Robinson, but yeah. it's it, point remains. The point is that yeah, they, for Sam Darnold, like they need better than that, and they need more assurances that like if they're going to move a high qual like a a asset like a second round pick, then they need more assurances that it's going to be good. Like they it, if it's packaged to move up in the draft to Zach to draft Zach Wilson, then hell yes, do it because I think he's going to be good. But outside that, nah. I really do think the most important thing here over everything else, Adam, is what caller Mike was going to do with the information we gave him. That's if we true. said, yes, yes, the Bears are totally interested in giving you a number two pick for Sam Darnold, does he call the Jets front office and say, guys, here's what I found out, and this is important? These two, these two guys working at 930 in Chicago on a sports radio station, said yes. I think we should call the Bears. Yeah. I mean, it seems sort of... Uh, like, I don't know. Maybe he maybe he does know somebody. And maybe all he needed was to find out who, who the nighttime hosts, what they thought. Okay, well, good luck, Mike in New York. But I think we are fine here in our mediocrity. So leave us alone. We're... we're, we're we're more than comfortable being us. Used to it. Used to being seven and nine, eight and eight. That's you know, it's it's that's I, that's life at I, this point. I think the Bears should have nothing but a roster full of uncertain, mediocre quarterbacks. Just that's that should be their entire roster. I somebody brought this up a couple weeks, maybe last week, I can't for the life of me remember who it was, that said, you know what they did with the kickers where they just like brought everyone yeah, conceivably yeah, tryouts. in? Yeah, do yeah. that with the quarterbacks if that's what it takes. Do that, do that so that we can hire helicopters to hover over yes. Soldier Field and try to get glimpses of practice. That was just the most Chicago, like the most ridiculous Chicago Bears story because it was a, it was over a kicker battle. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, he's kicking at Soldier Field tonight. Get the, get the helicopter and, out there. And guess what? And guess what? Here we are a couple of years later, and they have got the kicker thing yeah. fixed. Yes. It is figured out. And you know what? It's not a so guy quit, that was there. Stop <laughs> complaining, Adam. The quarter, the the Bears have their kickers figured out. I what do you God. want now? I, you know, what do you what you you ingrate? Why don't you why don't you just be happy with what you have? Hey, I'm 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 extremely happy with Cairo Santos. The problem is we didn't have Cairo Santos when we needed him in 2018, and now I have a moment burned into my brain for the rest of my life that I might never get over because you know of it. I don't even care about that anymore. You know why? Because I know my quarterback in 2021 
is going to have just just brilliant red hair. That's what I know. That dude. Let's go. Uh, Andy Darnold. Whatever your name is. Go get me a Super Bowl, kid. You know what? We, I, we were like having a good time with baseball. And then that dude brings up the ball. Why are you bringing up the Bears court? You know what? That was a troll. That dude was trolling us. He absolutely was. Unbelievable. Jets fan. We already know our quarterback sucks. Leave us alone. All right. want to thank our guests uh, tonight. Cody Westerland, Lawrence Holmes, James Fegan, Evan Altman. Uh, enjoy opening day. It's on Thursday. Uh, go Sox. Go Cubs. Have a wonderful Thursday. I'll talk to you again soon. Adam Stadzinski, the producer of the program tonight. Thank you. CBS Sports Radio coming up next on The Score. Kudos, Elaine, on a job. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.